Listener Production. US markets finish higher for a second consecutive week following a surge on Friday. And Aussie shares expected to open the week higher ahead of a flurry of economic indicators and ANZ's results. I'm Tom. And I'm Ryan. It's Monday the 13th of November. Welcome to the Comsec Market Update. I was surprised by the strength of the US markets on Friday, to be frank. Uh, The NASDAQ finished up by 2.1%, the S&P 500 higher by 1.6%, the Dow up 1.2%. And in weekly terms, probably less flattering, but still being able to hold on to those very sizable gains of the week before is probably the statistic that matters most. Yes. So we've had oversold conditions, obviously following Thursday's situation, we had a hawkish commentary from US Fed Chair Jerome Powell, and then we've had some solid earnings and a reasonably sharp pullback in interest rates as well. So they've been the primary drivers of the rebound on Friday. In fact, the S&P 500 index closed at its highest level since September the 19th, above that critical 4,400 level. And we also saw the NASDAQ index record its biggest one-day percentage gain since May the 26th. It is so impressive, the strength that we're seeing in technology names at the moment. And any weakness that has emerged has been seen as an opportunity, it seems like, for uh, the money flow when it comes to those marquee technology names. Well, we did see Karma US Treasury yields on Friday, which certainly helped things. And we did see the likes of NVIDIA gain 3%, Intel were up 2.8%, Microsoft rose 2.5% to an all-time high. And we also saw gains for Apple, Meta, Tesla, and Netflix. They all jumped more than 2%, with Alphabet up around 1.8%. Ryan, you mentioned interest rate markets, which were quite contained on Friday. They only had modest movements higher. But what stood out for me over the course of last week was that you had short-dated bonds uh, up quite substantially. So a two-year government bond up by almost a quarter of a percent, so 22 points. The the way these short-term interest rates are moving is staggering in many respects. At the same time, Tom, we heard from Moody's, the credit rating agencies, and they changed their outlook on the US credit rating to negative from stable, citing large fiscal deficits and a decline in debt affordability. So Moody's is the last of the three major rating agencies to maintain a top rating for the US sovereign credit. So this is quite a significant outcome. European markets, Ryan, Friday were probably something of a contrast to the way that Wall Street performed, but it was really the consumer-facing stocks that were getting attention from sellers. Yes, we saw Diageo down 12.2% as the Johnny Walker whiskey maker expects organic operating profit growth to decline in the first half of its current financial year. That dragged the food and beverage sector down about 3%. And then on the luxury side of the equation, there's concerns there about the global economic slowdown, particularly in China. And Richemont slid 5.2%. Did I get my French pronunciation right there, Tom? I'm not quite sure. I think you did nicely. Although they're Swiss, and we did see the Swiss luxury group report weaker than expected earnings, and that pulled down LVMH, Kering, and Hermes between 1.6% and 3.8%. What do we take out of last week, Ryan? To my way of thinking, you have seen stock markets try to consolidate. They got a break from the treasury market. They're trying to form a base. What do we look forward to this week to see whether or not that thesis holds up? Well, this week in America is all about inflation. So we get the latest consumer price index and we're expecting to see a headline number there of 0.1% for the month of October. Year on year, inflation should fall from 3.7% to 3.3%, but it's where the core inflation number 
the rubber hits the road as far as the Federal Reserve's concerned. So the core number could increase by 0.3%, which is obviously stronger than the headline number. And the year-on-year number, no change is forecast at 4.1%. So it does highlight the difficulty the the Federal Reserve has got with sustainably getting inflation down to 2%, its target. And we're going to need to see an average run of inflation numbers on a monthly basis of about 0.2% for an entire year for the Federal Reserve to get its inflation rate down. And it's not confident that <laughs> that's when going to be the case. When was the last time that happened? Is, well, um, exactly. What... So that's why it's not confident that its policy is restrictive enough at the moment, although markets have basically priced out another rate hike. Bottom line is after those inflation numbers later on this week, if you have a 10-year government bond trading closer to 5%, this better atmosphere that we've seen in the last couple of weeks is going to be under threat. Absolutely. So at the same time, we also have in China, we've got the latest activity data for the month of October. So we get retail spending, industrial production and fixed asset investment, which will have some bearing over markets as well. It will be um, important. But Ryan, really, if you were going to discount all of the things that are happening this week, uh, the Chinese data is almost secondary because you know, you, you really need to have a cracking set of figures here to change your thinking on what's going on in China at the moment. Really, at the moment, China's struggling. We saw deflationary numbers late last week and the retail spending numbers remain quite subdued. So certainly we have seen that impact commodity markets. And one of the things that was noticeable on Friday, Tom, was the slight recovery in oil prices. We saw the US oil NYMEX price up by 1.9% to 77.17 US dollars a barrel. Iraq voice support for OPEC Plus's oil cuts. They've got a meeting in two weeks, does OPEC and Russia. And we have seen quite a lot of short covering taking place in the oil space as well. So in terms of the picture locally, the futures are telling us that we'll be up by a third of a percent or 24 points when we kick off. It was an underwhelming week for the ASX 200 last week. It just finished in negative territory. Still able to consolidate on the 2.2% improvement that we saw the previous week, which was the best outcome almost this year. And the question lies within the data realm this week, obviously for us as well, with the wages data on Wednesday. Yes, so we get an update on the wage price index on Wednesday. The Commonwealth Bank's expecting the WPI or wage price index to lift by 1.2%. That could see the annualised growth number increase from 3.6% to 3.9%. This data point typically is underwhelming. You don't love these numbers. Well, they disappoint, and we've been waiting for the translation of stronger jobs numbers into higher wages for some time. And we have seen private surveys of wages above 4%. So it could underwhelm. We also get an update on jobs growth on Thursday. So about 20,000 jobs could be added during the month of October with the unemployment rate at around 3.7%. Uh, the Aussie dollar has been doing reasonably well uh, to a point, but uh, whenever the US dollar gets marching uh, higher again, that's when we suffer. And that was a factor in overnight trade. Yes, we saw the Aussie dollar ease from 63.66 cents on Friday to 63.39 cents, currently trading at 63.65 cents. The key thing today, Tom, is what the Commonwealth Bank's Household Spending Insights report released. Reserve Bank official Marion Collar delivers a speech. ANZ earnings are released. So for the year, cash profit from continuing operations is estimated to be $7.41 billion net income at $7.15 billion with a cash profit estimate of $7.51 billion. Look out for net interest margins. That's estimated to come in at 1.7%. 
and Macquarie Group goes ex-dividend, so it'll be a weight on the financial sector. Thank you very much for your company this morning. Have a great start to the week. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. This podcast is prepared, approved and distributed in Australia by Commonwealth Securities Limited, ABN 60067-254-399, AFSL 238814. The information does not take into consideration your objectives, financial situation or needs. Consider the appropriateness of the information before acting and if necessary, seek appropriate professional advice. Listener.